podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Thank you for listening to the late-breaking F1 podcast. Make sure to look out for new episodes every Thursday and Grand Prix Sundays. Hello and a very warm welcome. I'm going with very warm. It's part of the show. I know we discussed last time me throwing in a different (laughs) word for the welcome, but I'm a traditionalist, okay? People will get their warm welcome. This is the late-breaking F1 podcast, and we are actually going to discuss more things than the welcome. It's Teammate Wars week. Sam Sage, Harry E joining me, Ben Hocking, today. Uh, This is what we live for, isn't it? This is the bread and butter. In, in LB, the B stands for butter and bread. And this is that reason for it. L, bread and butter. Teammate wars. <laughs> I, don't know what I'm, I don't really know what I've said there. <laughs> LBB, we are now known. Sorry sorry for everyone who's been misled by our branding. We are actually it's, LBB. It's bread. It's bread and butter. <laughs> oh, it's a good start. Jeez, this is going to be a long one. Um, <laughs> we've got teammate wars today. So this is the fifth year that we've done this, as we alluded to last time. So Sam is going for the elusive hat trick. He's won the last two years, looking for three years in a row. I'm looking to reclaim the crown after the first two years. Good evening to you, Harry. Very nice to see you. <laughs> Sorry, I couldn't resist. Um, So we will go through the 10 different teams um, and we'll be asking which of the two drivers will score more points. And at the end of the season, we'll count up how many we've got right. And surprisingly, whoever gets the most ends up with the victory. So we will go in the order that they finished in the Constructors' Championship in 2020, which means we will start at the top with Mercedes. Lewis Hamilton and Valtteri Bottas, teammates for the fifth year now five years that seems crazy so Hamilton's been fairly successful should we say thus far in this uh in this rivalry Harry any reason to believe that that Bottas is going to turn it around um not at all I don't think sorry Walter uh yeah if I think Valtteri only had a chance of winning this year if he was against George Russell and even then (laughs) um so no it's um it's, it's easily Hamilton, isn't it? I think he's he got a fairly decent shout at his eighth title this year. Um, Bottas will likely, be, unless you know, Red Bull pulls something out of the hat, but Bottas will likely be his nearest rival, being in the same car. But it won't be won't be enough. I'm sure porridge. He'll have versioned up eating all the porridge, but it still won't be, quite be enough. I'm sorry, sorry, Valtteri. Bottas version eighteen point six. Do you reckon the porridge master's got it, Sam? <laughs> There is a small part of me, the balding part of me, the part of me that is losing my hair. You can see, look how big that forehead is, folks. It really reflects that sunlight. Um, there is a part of me that wants to give Bottas a go, that really wants to get behind him and be like, come on, Walter! I'm not, I haven't lost the plot completely, though. Um, although, people on YouTube and on the podcast, if you're listening, um, I'd love to know what breakfast-type Lewis Hamilton would be. Um, you know, what the porridge man. What could Hamilton be? Let us know in the comics. Interesting to know. Lewis Hamilton's going to wing it, though, so we'll move on from that one swiftly. He'd be a brunch bar, I think. You think so? <laughs> I'm yeah. sorry. This guy has won seven world championships, and he's a brunch bar. <laughs> yeah, brunch this bar. is why you've brunch never won anything, Harry. Tier, a brunch bar. Absolute goat tier of a, of a, of a snack. What are you calling a brunch bar goat tier? 
Absolutely. <laughs> different video. Different video. All right, I will move on from that as much as I really want to debate this. <laughs> uh, it will be. It will come as absolutely no surprise that this is a clean sweep for Lewis Hamilton. Um, I, I'm going for Hamilton as well. I've I've never I've never seen anything from Valtteri Bottas to make me believe that that he's got what it takes to beat Lewis Hamilton across a full season. And, and we know that after two years of Rosberg and Hamilton being teammates, that Rosberg did get the better of Lewis Hamilton. So we know it's doable from a teammate's perspective against Lewis. The, pro- the problem is there were signs that it was possible for Nico Rosberg. He, t- he did take it to the last race in 2014, um, albeit it was double points. Uh, oh, the good old days in Abu Dhabi. Oh, um, but... You know, he he was much more competitive, and he was able to string together results against Lewis Hamilton to the degree that Valtteri Bottas never has. We know that every single qualifying session that comes around, Valtteri Bottas has every chance of beating Lewis Hamilton, and he quite often does. And even when he doesn't, he's generally within that one or two temps gap. But he's never been able to put results together. He's never been able to, you know, win two or three races back to back. If he had done, then maybe there's reason to believe he'll beat Lewis Hamilton, but I cannot see this happening in a million years. Three... How many races has he ever won in a row? I don't believe he has ever won two races in a row. Could Let be wrong. Know. Stand to be corrected, but I don't believe he's ever won two races in a row. So. Stat man! Hamilton's all round. I'm not surprised by this result at all. Red Bull. So Max Verstappen's got a brand new teammate. His name is Sergio Perez. Sam, do you think that Sergio Perez can cause the upset here or are you going Max Verstappen? There is a tiny part of me that thinks that Sergio Perez can cause the upset here. The the cars have become less uh, downforce focused. They're not going to be as fast in the corners. That racing point, of course, was not as elegant through the corners as what the Rebel was last year. So I think that maybe the devolution of the cars might suit Sergio Perez. Nonetheless, the team culture, the team building, the team focus, the team momentum is all behind Max. And I understand why it's behind Max. He is the future of the team. Um, I'd love to see Perez give him a run for money. And I think Perez will be the first person since Ricardo to give Max a run for his money. But I am going to have to go for Max Verstappen. Max Verstappen is the prodigy child. Um, and he is going to continue that run of great performances. So Max will take the, the W. Out of interest, Sam. Um, 30 points away, 50 points away. What, what, what are you looking at in terms of a points margin there? I reckon there will be between 25 and 30 points away yeah, at the end of the season. So about a race win, which I think yeah. is fairly respectable from, from both camps, to be honest. But Harry, what do you reckon? Do you think Perez can spring the surprise? Um, I, th- I definitely think he can get under his skin. And I absolutely agree with the statement that from Sam that it's, uh, he'll be the first teammate to Max since Ricardo that could could you know, theoretically beat him. Um I still think Matt. I'm still going to go for Max. I think Max will come out on top, but I think it. You know, I'd hedge my bets to disclose. I think Perez has, you know, done a lot of time since his his bad year at McLaren, which you know was a top team. Then um, I think he's learned a lot, so I don't think he'll be spooked this time. Um, but yeah, I think there'll be some weekends when you know, even if it's not over one lap, but during a race, Perez will just would just beat max and you know i'm sure max will get frustrated by that so you know that there is that kind of risk for verstappen but i think he's also mature enough now not to let that get him too much um but yeah i'm with sam i'd say that same kind of points difference maybe a win maybe a tiny bit more than that but um yeah i think it's gonna be close but max yeah i think perez has 
one route to victory here because if you're asking me between those two drivers who is the quicker and better driver I'm going for Max Verstappen not really any question about it and that's not an insult to Sergio Perez he's a very good driver someone I've been very high on for years but I, I think Max Verstappen is amongst that elite group in F1 which is two people him and him and Lewis Hamilton quite frankly so um, it's no disrespect to Perez that I don't think in terms of pace he can hang with him but then again it isn't all necessarily down to pace there are other factors to consider and I would say that you know in terms of a route to victory there is one available to Sergio Perez even with that pace deficit and Harry you alluded to it is being able to get under Verstappen's skin can he do it and arguably it's not in Perez's long-term career at Red Bull it's not in that best interest I don't know if it's in the best interest of the Constructors Championship but it would I think be in the best interest of him personally against Max Verstappen Max Verstappen as a result of his own brilliance and the shortcomings of his last two teammates has had everything his own way over the last two years and he's had everything you know he's had an easy life as a result of that if Perez can come in and get under his skin start chipping away at him start taking some results then maybe it all crumbles down from there I feel like that's the only way he can potentially win I actually think Verstappen in 2021 is a much more mature and more polished product than he was a few years ago if if this was a couple of years ago and Perez was coming in I'd be much more inclined to say that that's a possibility and Perez might just might just come in and upset things I think Verstappen is mature enough now to deal with this. And I, I've got Verstappen taking the win by a similar margin to what Harry said. I mean, if Perez turned up in my team garage and got under my skin with a tuna and chip pizza and just left it there, I'd be begging. Please, take the win. I'm seeing you later. Just get rid of that pizza. Leave me alone, please, Sergio. <laughs> so the secret to success is to get that pizza, just leave it in, like, in his Verstappen's cockpit every time he comes into the garage. Just when he takes his helmet off and he pops it on the side, just, <laughs> just wear him down. Under it and just put the pizza on the on the, the helmet on the pizza, so it just smells of tunery chip. <laughs> tunery chip is the worst phrase I've ever heard in my life. One hundred percent. There's only one thing I can think of that's worse than tunery chips, and it's a brunch bar. What's up with this brunch bar? are amazing. I will, They're uh, fine. They're f- uh, okay. I, I can't get amazing. <laughs> Moving on, I, we've gone for two clean sweeps for the first two. Not a massive surprise. All three of us have gone for Hamilton to beat Bottas. All three of us have gone for Verstappen to beat Perez at Red Bull. We now go to McLaren. So Lando Norris, in his third year at the team, is partnered by a brand new driver coming in, Daniel Ricciardo. Um, of course, he's been in the sport for about 10 years, but it will be his first year with the Woking outfit. So, Sam, do you think that Norris or Ricardo will be on top here? So, there's a little bit of a trend appearing with the drivers that came into the sport a couple of years ago. And I'm going to include Max Verstappen in this. He is still one of the younger generation as much as he's been here a ridiculous amount of time for how young he actually is. They seem to hit a wall and they have to get past that wall. Norris hasn't hit that wall yet. And I think... Coming up against Ricardo in this new, fun, cultured, upbeat area that is McLaren, I don't think Norris is going to be comfortable now with someone else walking into the whole thing, 
and possibly being more comfortable than he is. Sainz hit that wall when he went to Renault. Leclerc hit that wall last season at Ferrari. You know, and hope, we hope he gets over it. He's got some great performances in him, but Leclerc was not as great as we've seen him be. Verstappen obviously hit that wall a couple of seasons ago at Red Bull. He was making so many mistakes. It happens a lot for these younger drivers. I wouldn't be surprised if Norris here, who's, I think, got a little bit big for his boots at the start of this season. He said that Ricardo's the same ability as Sainz. He could now beat Sainz. He can now beat Ricardo. He's the team leader at McLaren. You know, Hamilton winning the most races in the world is not um, a big, big achievement for him. I think that Norris has said a few things and has got a little bit, you know, well, hey, look at me. And I think he's going to be sent back down to earth a little bit this season. I don't think it's going to be a whitewash. I don't think it's going to be demolishing. But I think Ricardo who is going to be a little bit like, let's just settle in. You know, let's just have a good time. As Ricardo does, we all know he does. He's got enough in the locker. And I think he's going to beat Norris. What do you say, Harry? Do you agree with, with Sam's assessment? Or are you going for Norris? Um, I think looking back at how Ricardo performed at Renault in 2019, um, if he repeats that kind of form again, then there could be an issue for him. Um, and I think... Certainly for the first half of 2021, I would place my money on Norris being the quicker driver overall. Um, however, I have an issue that I don't ever vote against Daniel Ricciardo in these things. So <laughs> I've always voted for him and he's always won. Just about. Um, so I am going to go for Daniel Rick. And to be fair, I think even if he has a slow start, um, which is entirely possible because it happens when drivers go to a new team, um, I think he will still overcome it. I think it will be close. I think it could be even closer than the um, Perez-Verstappen gap. But um, that is going to be such an interesting fight this year, I think. But for me, it's going to be Ricardo. But I think it's yeah, they're going to be pretty neck and neck for, for the majority of the season. For me, this is one of the more fascinating ones out of the lot. I think this one's really, really interesting um, because you do have this battle between a driver who has much more experience both from a race winning perspective and just being in Formula One perspective in Daniel Ricciardo, 10 years in F1, versus a much younger, much less experienced driver, but someone who has been not only in the McLaren team for three, this will be his third season, but he was also a part of the McLaren junior program before that. So he's well embedded within that team. So you've kind of got those two variables going up against each other here. And you're right in what you say about Daniel Ricciardo not necessarily struggling in 2019, but at least comparatively to what we know he's capable of and what we saw in 2020. Yeah, I he wasn't quite there. And the first half of that season, you could argue Hulkenberg had a minor advantage. By the end of the season, Ricciardo just about did enough to see him off. But 2020 was a different different ball game entirely. So there is the there is the prospect that Ricciardo will have a very similar 2021 here. Ricardo was very impressive last season. For, for my money, it was only Perez, Verstappen and Hamilton who were better than Ricardo last year. He was, he was really good. And Norris is going to have to step it up if he wants to beat him. I think he does step it up. And I'm going for Lando Norris here. I think this is probably, possibly the boldest one I'm going for here. But it's... I, I think the smart money is on Ricardo, But I, I think Norris makes that jump this year. I think Norris from year one to year two did make an improvement. You know, year one, he was 
fairly outclassed by Carlos Sainz, not to a, an embarrassing degree, but Carlos Sainz was comfortably the better driver in 2019. 2020, I don't really think there was much in it at all. I think Lando Norris had a minor edge in the first half of the year. I think Sainz reversed it in the second half of the year. The points tally was almost exactly the same between those two drivers last year. I, I still don't think we've seen the best of Norris. I, I really think he has a lot of potential and he has a lot to give F1. I'm banking on this happening this year. I think he makes a giant step forward. I think by the end of the year, Ricardo and Norris, I think Ricardo might even have a minor edge by the end of the year. But I think that first half of the year when Ricardo's still adjusting, I think Norris can get enough of a lead on him to eventually win this. But I think it's going to be close either way. But I'm going to go Norris. It's lucky we've got 97 Grand Prix for Ricardo to turn it around, really, isn't it? You know, there's, <laughs> he has got a, literally a marathon of races to get himself sorted. This is true. I, I was absolutely shocked, Ben, when you said Ricardo's been there for 10 years. That is yeah. ridiculous. I, I swear to God he's been there for two minutes. That's frightening. Yeah. He looks younger Crazy. than I do, and he's at least <laughs> six, five, six years older than me, which really, really upsets me. Yeah. HRT stands, where are you at? Let's, yeah. be, let's be having you. His royal thoughtness. Oh, man. All right, so we have our first difference in opinion. I've gone for, for Lando Norris. Um, it proved a good strategy last year when I went for Lando Norris because he lost, so pff, can't see it going wrong this year. We're going to go on to team number four. Um, so, of course, Racing Point finished fourth last year. We're now talking about Aston Martin, though. Lance Stroll stays with the team. This year he is supported by four-time champion Sebastian Vettel. So Vettel versus Stroll. Who's your money on, Sam? This might be, and I can't believe I'm saying this actually, sorry Sebastian, this might be the hardest one on the entire grid actually to put a call on for. A legitimate, accurate call without being silly. Seb had his worst year in Formula 1 last season. Let's be real about it. It was terrible. He was ruined by Charles Leclerc. He couldn't get to grips with the car. His morale was all over the place. The guy couldn't get a string of performances together to save his life. Apart from Turkey, where he did a very good job. Um, I it could go one or two ways, right? He could turn up to Aston Martin and be so reinvigorated. He could have all that history about the racing that he loves. Aston Martin is such an iconic team, very much like Ferrari. Okay, there are differences, but in racing and, and you know automotive adventures, they are up there with two of the most iconic groups ever. And I think he loves that. And I think that he's going to feel a lot more loosey goosey. He's going to have a good time. So because of the raw talent that we've seen from Sebi Vet. I am going to say that Semi Vet edges it, but Lance Stroll's familiarity, the team is now effectively his. Daddy owns it, of course. Um, he's been there a long time. He's had the training of Perez. We did see an improvement in performance last season from him. Stroll's good now. It's not great, but he's good. Is he good enough to beat a downbeat as, um, Sebastian Vettel? I don't know. I hope that Vettel has that resurgence and we see him turn it around. And I, that's why I'm putting my money on, because I want Vettel to come back strong. So for me, Vettel takes it. What do you reckon, Harry? Do you think the Vettel slump continues enough to give Stroll a chance here? Um, I'm kind of. I think I'm banking on Seb being reinvigorated this year. Um, yeah, this is tricky. I think it will be apparent even after one or two races where it's going to go for those two. But I think if it's a reinvigorated Seb and he's back on form, then I think you know. It's Sebastian Vettel, four-time world champion Sebastian Vettel. He'll he'll take it. Um, I agree with what Sam said, though. I think Stroll has come on strong in the last year or so, um, and if he does continue that form, then yeah, I think they'll they'll find themselves 
sharing the same bit of racetrack potentially quite often this year. So, um, yeah, that's going to be an interesting one. And, yeah, like I said, I think it really depends on really depends on Seb's, Seb's form. Um, but, I, you know, I'm not confident, but I'm, you know, fairly sure being out of Ferrari will make the world a difference to just his psyche. So I'm going to go with Vettel. Um, but, yeah, that's another interesting one, like the Macca one. I'm not saying it's me as close as that, but I think definitely, definitely one to watch this year. Yeah, I, I was thinking about this one earlier, and I think regardless of what side you're on here, whether you think that Vettel is going to be reinvigorated, whether you think he won't be, but it will be enough to take the win, whether you think Stroll takes the win, the fact that this is a debate is the most crazy thing about this. In that, could you imagine, let's transport back eight years to the end of 2013, Vettel becomes champion for the fourth time, youngest four-time champion ever. Only, I think, the third driver at that point to have won four championships in a row. He's seemingly, you know, he's in his mid-twenties. He's already got four championships under his belt. He's seen off some of the best in Formula One. Could you imagine at that point saying that in a few years, we're going to be debating whether he can beat maybe the 15th best driver or so in Formula One? Could you imagine having that discussion? You'd be called out for your lunacy, and rightfully so. But we're having a very realistic debate about it now, that there is a chance that he could lose to someone. And, I, I mean, 15th is very rough, but I, I would say he is in the... He was de- he's definitely in the bottom half of drivers on the F1 grid. Could you imagine saying in 2013, I, I don't know, next season if he goes up against Adrian Sutil, I think Sutil <laughs> might have it. It sounds I mean, ridiculous. Don't put that down on Sutil's name. <laughs> It sounds ridiculous, but we're having essentially the same debate here. And I'm going for Vettel as well, because even if he's not fully back to that form, even if he only gets 20% of the way there, I think that's enough to beat Lance Stroll. Um, You know, Lance Stroll's a solid driver. I, I, I think he's decent enough, and he hasn't been embarrassed by a couple of Solid team, that's, you know, Felipe Massa, Sergio Perez. He wasn't embarrassed by either of those, I'd say. So Stroll has the potential to beat Vettel if he continues his slump. I think he will recover somewhat, and I think it will be enough. But the fact that it's a debate, that's the most interesting thing for me. I can't believe we're almost halfway through this, and there's been one difference in opinion. This is ridiculous from us. I know, I'm feeling a bit queasy. We're all agreeing with each other, and it's gross. We, after five years, we've all grown up a little bit. No, we haven't. Excuse no, me. that's ridiculous. No, Less sorry. of that. Yeah. Sam, you literally started this podcast video by saying we were called late bread and butter. So I think that proves we've not grown up at all. No, I, I stand by the fact that we are still called late bread and butter, actually. I prefer it. <laughs> all right. Team number five. So we're looking at Renault, who have, of course, become Alpine for this year. This is another one where we've got someone staying within the team, in this case Esteban Ocon, and a big name coming into the team, in this case Fernando Alonso. I guess the difference here is that rather than someone switching teams, we've got someone coming back to Formula 1 after a couple of years out. So Fernando Alonso, not exactly the ideal preparations ahead of the season, but can he do enough to beat Esteban Ocon, Harry? Yeah, I mean, I yes. <laughs> I think he's going to be fine. Um for Ocon, I'll start with Ocon. <laughs> Alonso. For people not watching the video version of this, uh, Fernando Alonso just entered the room and did his little dance, i.e. Sam Sage. Um, 
Good stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think for Ocon, he had uh, 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 okay. Yeah, um, I mean Ricardo wiped the floor with him, but I think towards the end of the year there were signs of um, some good performances from him. I still don't think, even though he's been there for a year, it's still Fernand. I still think Fernand is going to have the edge coming in. It's just even from a psychological standpoint, that's not a good place for Ocon to be in. Um, I think he'll continue to improve this year, uh, Esteban. But um, you know, like like I said, I know Alonso's not had the best preparation, but he could, you know, you could take a couple of arms away from him, and he'd still be pretty decent. So um, I, th- I think Alonso will be fine this year. Um, yeah, and you know, is it a pivotal year for Ocon? Ocon's career? I don't know. Is he going to? Stick around. I mean, you know, could could he be in the running for a Mercedes seat in twenty two? Who knows? So, um, <laughs> sorry. Whoa. Uh, sorry, I, I, I apologise to headphone users. That's, yeah, uh, I'm sorry. That was I only said could. I didn't say I he is going to be. I said oh. I was posing the question. That was you're going to be fuming in twenty twenty two when Hamilton retires and it's Ocon and Bottas in the team. <laughs> <laughs> it's your oh. dream lineup, isn't it, Sam? We are a comedy-focused channel, and I'm glad we're keeping it rolling all the way through the video. Mm. Anyway, uh, in conclusion, uh, Gummy Alonso. <laughs> He's got no teeth! <laughs> we don't know that, we've just not seen him smile. And you wouldn't if, wish... you, if you fell off your bike. I wish he'd smile. I'm glad he's all right. I'm really glad he's all right. Yes, of course. And I mean, to Harry's point, if if Harry thinks you can take limbs away from Alonso and he'll still win, I think he can do uh, teeth. So he should be all right. <laughs> that was obviously so... an exaggeration, people. No, I think it's um, fair. All right, fine. <laughs> the funny thing about Fernando Alonso is, so I, I marvel at Lewis Hamilton's talent, his consistency, his ability. I am in awe at how good Max Verstappen is, especially how, with how young he is. But Fernando Alonso is the only driver that I can think of, maybe in the last two decades, apart from maybe Schumacher, that scares me with how determined and how willing and how ruthless that man is willing to be to claw himself to the top. Fernando Alonso will push you to the absolute 99.9th percent before crossing the line to make sure he gets in front of you, he gets a wing, he gets the better strategy, he gets the better call. Alonso will do anything in his power to succeed. Uh, Ocon is a good driver. He is a good driver. And I like Ocon, but I think he's only a good driver. I think his future lies at Renault for a little while longer. I think him and Gasly will probably become an all-French team at Renault, and Gasly will be that team leader, and they'll be a good partnership. Um... I can't see him beating Fernando Alonso. He's got so much he wants to prove, that man. He's got so much he wants to get. And I think Ocon just hasn't got the drive that, uh, well, ironically got the same drive, but the same mental drive that Ocon has. So Alonso is too formidable. Alonso's definitely got this in the bag, I think, regardless of how long he's out. Alonso could come back in 15 years. I still think he'd have a chance. <laughs> I, th- I think here it's natural to make the comparisons to the Michael Schumacher comeback in 2010 because in that situation Michael Schumacher left the sport for three years and came back at the age of 41 I think he was here Alonso has left the sport for two years and is coming back at the age of 40 so that you know there are parallels and not to say that Schumacher was poor in his return but he also wasn't the Michael Schumacher we know 
you know he he wasn't the Michael Schumacher that won five championships in a row and, and decimated teammates and rivals what we got was a driver that lost three years in a row to Nico Rosberg so there is at least the distinct possibility that we're not going to get the Alonso that we saw there is the possibility that we'll get a downgraded version of the Alonso that we've seen whether that's a slightly downgraded or a seriously downgraded that's up for discussion we might get the same Alonso it's all up for grabs really but I mean there's there's one thing that I do uh, there's one thing I don't do and that's back that's go against Fernando Alonso like you don't go against Fernando Alonso he will just he will prove you wrong defy Fernando Alonso at your peril like you say Sam he's a scary man he's determined um yeah he you just don't want to go against the character like that because you know that Alonso will do anything he can to win. And again, Ocon, good driver. This is a make or, This is a really important year for Ocon. You've got to feel sorry for him somewhat. He goes from the, the challenge of Daniel Ricciardo, who's settled in at Renault, to the challenge of a guy who actually won a few championships a while back, if you remember. Um, yeah, it's a really tough, tall order for, for Esteban Ocon. And I think he will actually put up a decent fight here. I don't think that Alonso is going to crush him. I, I think a lot. I think Ocon will be competitive, but I, like I say, I do not. I do not bet against Fernando Alonso. And it's been a tactic that's served me pretty well throughout, um, you know, his career. So, yeah, clean sweep for Alonso. I can't wait to. For those of you that aren't in, uh, in the UK. We've just had news that the lockdown will be fully lifted on June 21st. Nightclubs will possibly be back open. I cannot wait to jump into the club on June 21st and bust out <laughs> this on the dance floor. I'm sorry, Alonso's back. Look at me go, ladies. Two-time world champ. I, I am fully expecting that I will walk into a club on that date and go, Tama! Oh, that man sends oh, me man. through so many joyous emotions. I'm just going to walk in and then grab the microphone off the DJ and just say, Karma. <laughs> and walk out. <laughs> just drop it. Yeah. I love it. I love it. Alonso, I... the king of the rave. trying to think of a segue here from from king of the rave to king of the jungle possibly sam you have a uh, a manscape mention to get uh out of the way here so um if you wouldn't mind king of the rave I, king I, of the jungle. there were there weren't many avenues for a segue wow. but go on I mean, nailed it. Wow. Nailed it, ben. that was fantastic a driving for alpine speaking of your peen oh, God. Oh, God. Oh, you've got to trim it you've got to look after it you've got to keep him happy down there and uh, Manscaped have very kindly sponsored us for some stupid, ridiculous reason. And if you want to get 20% off, yeah, I mean, you can do, which is incredible. Late 20 over on Manscaped for any purchase. And it helps us out massively. We really appreciate it. And it's because of you that they've decided to ask us anyway. So even if it becomes of nothing and none of you go shopping, thanks for sitting around and giving the big company a chance to go. We like these boys. They're a bit silly. So thank you. Give it a go. Have a look. If you like something, buy it. If not, come watch the video again. (laughs) 
Thank you for that, Sam. Um, so five of the ten teams are out the way. And going into the second half, uh, the first half was good. But, I mean, there's far too much agreement going on here. So we'll see what the second half brings. We're going to go on to Ferrari next. Um, because Ferrari are a bottom half team now. Ha ha. Ha 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 ha. Ha ha. Charles Leclerc. <laughs> so, sorry, Ferrari. I've got nothing against you, really. Um, too, like, one too many ha's on that, Ben. It got a bit too, got a bit too sinister. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm I'm kidding. Cheetahs never prosper. I'm kidding. Oh. <laughs> Stick the guy big further. I've, I've got nothing against Ferrari. You know, it would hurt them to actually you know compete against mercedes for once (laughs) we won't get to the predictions no we're not it's just going to be a full-on bashing (laughs) 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 right charles leclerc got a new teammate his name is carlos signs sam who are you going for well he's got a good teammate and all the signs point to a Charles Leclerc victory he's settled in they love him he's the golden boy Sainz is very good I've got a lot of time for Carlos Sainz but he's not going to beat Charles Leclerc in his first year in a team that are so biased to one driver and always have been so biased towards one driver historically they focus around one individual when it was Vettel and Reichen, they focused around Vettel when it was Schumacher and Barrichello they focused around Schumacher when it was Alonso and Massa they focused around Alonso and now it's going to be Leclerc and Sainz and they're going to focus on Leclerc he's their future they love him Sainz is incredibly good I don't think I don't think the tide is going the right way for Sainz to overturn this in the first year there might be a chance later on in their careers together don't get me wrong if you could stick around for a few years before old Mickey Schumacher decides to ascend to the top. Um, or should I say the midway now, where Ferrari are. Um, but I do generally feel that like Leclerc is coming into his own a little bit. We saw it the last two seasons, and I, I backed him the last two seasons. And I've won because of it, and I'm backing him again. So Charles Leclerc is going to beat Carlos Sainz. I mean, I completely disagree with your point that, you know, Schumacher was the number one driver to Barrichello. I think Schumacher did a great job <laughs> winning those championships as the number two there. Very clear and obvious to me. But Charles Leclerc or Carlos Sainz, Harry, who are you going for? Um, I think it's going to have to be God, God Leclerc, isn't it? Um, I think Sainz will uh, give him a run for his money yeah, on some, some occasions and give him a, a bit of a headache. But... You know, I think over the course of their first season together, I think Leclerc will have will have the edge. Side note: as long as he stops running into people and trying to win races on like the first corner, but hopefully the Ferrari is in a better position this year where we, he won't have to do that anyway. So, um, yeah, uh, Leclerc for me, but I, that is going to be an interesting, another interesting battle, I think. Um, and like Sam says, if he sticks around for another year or two. I think it could be even more interesting, but for this year, I'm gonna gonna uh, stick with stick with Chuck. I mean, Carlos Sainz is a very good driver, and very good drivers beat good drivers. Very good drivers beat okay drivers, and very good drivers beat bad drivers. But there's one thing very good drivers don't beat, and that's gods. And Charles Leclerc <laughs> is one of those. So this this one is going in the direction of Charles Leclerc. Um, I don't think this is going to be that close, to be perfectly honest with you. Um, I think just Charles Leclerc is, is is that well embedded in the team that, yeah, I, I think he'll win this fairly comfortably. I, I think Carlos Sainz 
has potential to be slightly more than a a stopgap, which some people seem to think he is between whether that's, you know, Schwartzman or Schumacher or whoever they've got looking at for their for their next driver. So people seem to think that Carlos Sainz might be just a bit of a, a break and they, they need someone for a couple of years. Um, I, I don't necessarily subscribe to that. And I think he could be a good medium term solution for Ferrari, but as a second driver, not as a first driver, I, I think Charles Leclerc is it is at that next level and he's and he's got the potential to be even better still Sam you alluded to earlier that Charles Leclerc did still make a a few errors in the 2020 season and my takeaway from that is that he was that good even with those errors you know if he stamps some of those out he doesn't even need to stamp all of them out we see even you know Lewis Hamilton and, and, and Max Verstappen make errors from time to time so he doesn't even necessarily need to remove all of them but if he can just remove a few of them to give some slightly more consistent results, and I think it is really nitpicking, then I, th- I think at that point, someone like Carlos Sainz isn't going to beat him. So Charles Leclerc for me, and that makes another clean sweep. Have we just become the same person? There is only one disagreement in this entire thing so far. I mean, the video is almost pointless. If you make it to the 36th minute, then thanks for sticking around. <laughs> Pointless. Pointless as usual. Alpha Tauri. Uh, another team where one driver staying and another driver is coming into the team. So Pierre Gasly had a very impressive 2020 season, saw off the challenge of Danny Kvyat fairly comfortably. This year, he has got the arrival of an exciting rookie in Yuki Tsunoda, who did a good job in Formula 2 last year. Um, can we, sorry, can we just stop a minute? Someone born in the year 2000 is in Formula 1. Yeah, I know. Anyway, at least he looks. Anyway, he looks like he's born in the year two thousand. He looks like a child. Bless him. Bless him. Poor poor Yuki. Did 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 you see that his response to Formula One's tweet and how he wants to he wants to grow this year? (laughs) That was quite funny. I admire the comedy already. I I like Yuki, but anyway, actual predictions as to who's going to win between the two of them: Gasly or Sonoda. Harry, who've you got? Um, uh, I think I think it's going to be Gasly. I think Sonoda was deeply impressive last year and actually flew under the radar under the radar slightly um, in F two because of uh, you know Schumacher, Eilat, Schwartzman, etc. Um, but he had a very impressive year. Uh, his first year, uh, I think. Um, so yeah, but I'm going to have to go for Gasly because I think he he has been on mega form. Ever since he got dumped, not quite ever since, but, you know, his first full year after being dumped from Red Bull and, you know, he wins a race and he, he's just been on top form ever since. So um, as long as he carries that on, I think, yeah, Gasly's going to gonna easily win this. But, I, you know, that not to say that Sonoda should be, you know, be expected to win it anyway. I think if he gets even within a, a reasonable gap of Gasly, then I think that's a good, solid first first season for young Yuki so um yeah Gasly for me but you know it's not a bad thing lose I don't think what do you reckon Sam you're going bold here um there's a number of reasons that I want to go bold I mean Japan have produced some iconic and brilliant race drivers in the past. Japan is home to some iconic and brilliant race teams and of course one of the best racetracks we've ever seen. Um, 
And also, you can sing Yuki Sagoda to Hakuna Matata and it fits in perfectly, which is another checkpoint that Pierre Gasly doesn't have. Um, the issue is, Pierre Gasly is currently Pierre Gasly, and Pierre Gasly is an absolute flyer. He was one of my drivers of the season last season. He was so, so good. And Harry's right when uh, he said that Yuki flew under the radar. Yuki was not spoken about as much. He wasn't that involved in the title fight. It was his first season in F2. And he did brilliantly. He deserves to be there. And I think he will hold himself to a very high standard. And he will perform. But I think he does need that season to establish himself. He's up against a good teammate in a team that allows drivers to develop. Look at the, the drivers that have come through technically that B team now. The, you know, the calibre is very high. Um, there's a few exceptions, but the calibre is very high generally. Um, and I think Yuki will become a very, very, very strong driver. But Pierre Gasly has found himself on a whole new level. I think he's really reinvigorating himself. I think he's reimagining himself. I think Gasly takes the wing here. Um, and I hope we see Gasly from last season. Because I think Gasly, if that Alpha Tower is good enough, could be such a potent force in that kind of upper midfield area. I'll before giving my prediction on this one, I will say this. I actually think Yuki Tsunoda's maximum potential in Formula One, his ceiling, is marginally higher than that of Gasly's. I, I, I think Tsunoda has at least has the potential to have a better career than Gasly. Only marginally. But for the same reasons, year one, Gasly's coming off. People say Gasly's coming off a very good year, which is true. He's coming off a very good 18 months. He was very good at the second half of 2019 as well. You know, as soon as he was dropped by Red Bull, he did a great job against Kvyat in that half season as well. So he has definitely got a lot of form. Um, and it's easy to focus last year on the win because it was a brilliant win at Monza. Take that win out of it, and it's still a great year. That's the most important thing for me, taking away from that season. Fluke wins, uh, I don't want to call it a fluke. A win due to unexpected circumstances is great, and Gasly fully deserved what he was able to achieve. But I'm much more convinced that Gasly is a good driver based on other results where it does go a bit more to the norm, such as, you know, take Brazil the year before as an example even if all of the front runners stay in that race, he still finishes, I think, sixth place overall and he dominates the midfield in that Grand Prix. That gives me a lot of optimism for Gasly's career, as does, you know, he had a great race at Belgium last year as well that people forget. For my money, that was actually better than his win the the week after. So, um, you know, he, he, he had some great results in 2020. I think it's enough to beat Yuki Tsunoda. I think this is closer than people think it will be, but I'm going to go with Gasly. Uh, bold prediction here. Yuki Tsunoda will be a world champion in Formula 1. Right. There we go. <laughs> Is that Come, back Come back to it. Come back to it whenever it happens, but it's going to happen. Is that before or after Charles Leclerc wins the 2019 championship? <laughs> oh, did I say that? Ah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I meant 2029. That's what I meant. It was close. There, sir, you can have your... <laughs> w- would you like your receipt, sir? <laughs> no, I think I'll just accept my, my loss of... Uh, my loss... <laughs> walk away with my head held high. Fair enough, fair enough. We um we head to the last three teams now, so we're getting into the basement tier here. You know, Alfa Romeo and Haas struggled a lot in 2020 because of the, the Ferrari power unit, of course. Williams struggled because... 
well, they're Williams. So we've got those three teams in that position again this year. It does mean for these three teams, as we found over the last couple of years, because the points are so marginal, it can mean that there are some shock results at the bottom of the table. So it could open itself up to some some bolder predictions. We'll see. Alfa Romeo, Raikkonen and Giovinazzi finished with exactly the same number of points last year. Raikkonen did win it on a technicality, but that does prove it might be close this year. So Harry, which of those are you going for? It's actually the second most experienced lineup in Formula One now, just as a no, tidbit. No, it's not. <laughs> it is. It's only, um, only well, Hamilton and Bottas. It's Raikkonen has got 400 years and Gio's I, I, got three. I mean, like, they've had the most seasons as teammates now. Oh, okay. oh well, outside of the bottom. Yes, 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 yes. Yeah. Anyway, who's who's going to win, Harry? Um, I, I've got to go for for Kimi. I think Giovinazzi had a strong year last year, although I don't necessarily think he deserved another year in F one. Um, obviously they they don't want to upset the status quo for some reason. Um, uh, yeah, I'll go for Kimi. It probably could be close again, depending on how good that car is. They're probably scraping for a point or two. Um, but you know, I'll give it to the the world champion in that team. I sometimes forget that Raikkonen is a world champion. He's just kind of there, and then you're like, oh yeah, he used to be like at the top, really quick all the time. Now he's just kind of hanging about, driving a car, posting on Instagram, going. <laughs> anyway, Kimmy for me. <laughs> That there are times where I'll watch a race from, say, 2005, as an example, and just be like, and no disrespect to the current Kimi Räikkönen, and just think, wow, he was that. Like, honestly, 2005 Kimi Räikkönen, prime. That is prime. Um, Sam, Räikkönen or Giovinazzi? Oh, folks, 2021. Cometh the resurrection of Jesus Christ, Giovinazzi. Oh. The man will rise again. Kimi Räikkönen has had his last hurrah, pulling off an almighty switchback on Carlos Sainz uh, in, in the tracks of Portugal was a wonderful and beautiful moment, which I will cherish. I will cherish deeply. But Kimi Räikkönen, for me, has, is, is, is done. He's done. This is his last season. I don't think he should have this season, but this is his last season. I think that he should move on. Um, and I think he will just be doing what he needs to do. And I think Giovinazzi's now got a point to prove. Giovinazzi, I think, knows that if it doesn't go well this season, Kimmy's on the brink of just, you know, being out of it due to age. Gio could get replaced. There's a lot of young drivers looking for seats, especially in that Ferrari lineup. If he doesn't turn up now, Gio's career in Formula 1 is done, I think, after this season, if he does not perform. So for me, Gio's going to bring it. I don't think, you know, as we said, the points are very, very small. So I think the margins in terms of points in the season are going to look small. But I think Gio is going to be outright the better performer for the team. All right. First disagreement between Harry and Sam. So, as you might remember, if you watched last year's Teammate Wars, I went for Antonio Giovinazzi. And they ended up level on points. And Raikkonen won on a technicality. But it was a close run thing. I was laughed out of the building for picking Giovinazzi and it was so nearly so I mean it was so nearly came true not quite but so nearly theoretically as long as Raikkonen and Giovinazzi are teammates year after year at some point Giovinazzi's got to win because Raikkonen will will die in the next five years you know (laughs) he, he, he he can't get he can't get much older 
You know, uh, I'm, I'm kidding. <laughs> you, you killed Sam. <laughs> I, fin- I finished Sam. I, fin- I finished Sam off. I'm sorry. Oh, I, I had to get the pin. I said Kimmy. I meant to say Sam. That's dead. Uh, yeah. <laughs> oh, that is happy. That might be an exaggeration. <laughs> At some point, Kimi Raikkonen, whether it's in his mid-40s or his mid-70s, has got to lose to Giovinazzi At some point, it's got to happen. So when is it going to happen? I thought it was going to happen last year, and that's when we'd get the crossover, but apparently not. So theoretically, if I go with logic here, it should be this year. It very nearly happened last year. And now this year it should happen. All logic points to me going for Giovinazzi. Of course, that means I'm going for Kimi Raikkonen. So <laughs> I actually think Kimi Raikkonen last year was the most underrated driver on the grid. I think he really put together a good season. I think it was his best season since 2017. Um, I think he had some good results. I think uh, Belgium was a good result. He beat both the Ferraris there, Had a great jo- did a great job at Portugal. And generally speaking... Even though those six drivers at the back were generally, you know, always there, he off, more often than not was actually leading that group. So I'm going to go with Raikkonen to have a good year. I think it will be maybe a bit of a swan song in terms of beating a teammate. Maybe it'll be his last year in Formula One. <laughs> Who am I kidding? Of course it won't be. Um, but I'm going to go Raikkonen here. All right, two teams to go. Let's go to Haas. Schumacher Mazepin, it's a rookie lineup. Who are you going for, Harry? Uh, Mick Schumacher because he is the F2 champion and he's got a teammate who's a lout. So. <laughs> That's it. Surprisingly kind. Surprisingly kind. <laughs> Sam. Um, Mick Schumacher has greatness running through his veins and he is driving up against a slab of marzipan. So I can't see how marzipan from your local supermarket shop is going to be Mick Schumacher. Mick Schumacher will win that rivalry. Um, I would not be entirely surprised if this is a nil-nil draw because based on everything we're seeing and reading, Haas are fully committed to 2022 and they're not really even bothering with this year. And rightfully so. I fully support that strategy. And it does mean the pressure is off for both of these rookies and it gives them a year to to hone their skills, essentially. Um, you could go back to Schumacher and say that, you know, in junior categories, he struggled in the first year. You know, European Formula 3, he struggled in the first year before becoming much better in the second year. Same with F2, didn't do very well in the first year, but did much better in the second year. The only thing is that kind of becomes invalid because the same thing happened with Mazepin in Formula 2 as well. He was much better in his second year compared to his first year. Now, the difference is Schumacher didn't change teams between the two years and Mazepin did. So you could make the argument that the the team switch was responsible rather than his improvement. I'm not going to lean more towards that. This one, I really think this could go either way. I would prefer to put more confidence in the in the guy that won the championship, though. So I'm going to go with Mick Schumacher. I also would like to see the moment where Nikita Slavov Marzipan tries to force Fernando Alonso off the road. Um, that is something I'm looking forward to watching this season. Karma. <laughs> Karma. <laughs> To be honest, I think he would shove him off the track so far that he would go back to GB2. Yeah, and I think not so would stand there and laugh. He'd get out of the car and he'd be going <laughs> next to his car. 
<laughs> to clarify as well, he would hit him back to GP2, and I don't just mean that he would hit him back to the second formula. He would hit <laughs> him back, back to, in time to when GP2 existed. <laughs> That's how much he would yeet him off the track. All right. Last one. We go to Williams. So George Russell versus Nicholas Latifi. Technically speaking, George Russell won this last year, but only because of the points the, he accumulated at Mercedes. If it weren't for that race, Latifi would have beat George Russell a year after Robert Kubica beat George Russell. So clearly there isn't much of a future for this Georgie boy. Um, <laughs> Harry, are you going with Russell or Latifi here? Uh, look, I was actually quite pleasantly surprised by Latifi last year. Um, I thought he did a solo job. Uh, however, we, we, you know, I think we already knew how good George was um, before his Mercedes outing. The Mercedes outing showed that he has got a lot of potential. So, yeah, and he's had some, he, he had some stunning quality performances last year. Um, uh, and it seems to be wringing the neck of that Williams whenever it will be, whenever it will be allowed. Um, you know, one blot in his copybook, I guess, was the Imola incident when he was on for points in a Williams uh, rather than in a Mercedes. But, you know, I think he proved, like I said, he proved it in Bahrain that he's got, he's got the talent. So, yeah, this is a, this is another Russell not another Russell kid, but I'm going to go for Russell this year. Um, not another one? Not another <laughs> You're joking. one. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think, you know, I think he's a solid job. And yeah, <laughs> he's doing a solid job. And, you know, I, I don't know. It's a bit of a weird one for George because I think he's just got to keep doing what he's doing this year to line himself up for that Mercedes for whenever it comes to speak. If that's next year, who knows? But um could well be. We've seen how quickly it changed in F1. He drove Mercedes last year and no one saw that coming. So, yeah, but it's it's George for me. George. Good, good, good old George. George. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Russell Latifi, Sam. Where's a rabbit, George? Um, <laughs> Thank you, Lenny. As you said, sorry, <laughs> sorry. Blooming ten, year 10 GCSE English came back there. Um, Latifi surprised me last season. Latifi came out a lot better than I was expecting him to. He held his own. I really enjoy Latifi being on the grid. I was actually a bit harsh on him, I think, when, when he was joining Formula 1. And he, he deserves his spot. The difference here for me is that I think this is the best that Latifi can drive. No matter what team he's in, I think the talent that he has shown is as good as it will get. And that is good talent. I do not think he's the worst driver on the grid by any means. He is a good driver. The difference is, I think George Russell has got a long way to go in terms of development. And they were still neck and neck for the majority of the season. And if George hadn't bloody binned it in the wall in Imola like a moron, then he would have outright beaten Latifi. Um, so for me, I think George takes another step up. I think George is motivated by that Mercedes seat. George has got something to play for. Latifi doesn't. Um, so for me, George does take this one. Uh, yeah, I mean, just because of the circumstances with the team, this wouldn't surprise me if Latifi beats Russell thanks to a, a 10th place finish where he can get one and Russell, for whatever reason, can't get one. With Williams and a few of these back market teams, it is often a case of not asking which driver is going to be better. It's a question of which driver is going to be in the position to get points when there are a lot of retirements in a random race. And, you know, I think I think it is part luck, part skill. But I just have more faith in George Russell being in that position than Latifi being in that position because, you know, he, 
he qualifies ahead. He's generally ahead in the races. He just needs it to happen in a race that, that benefits it. He just needs a race where there are seven retirements or, or whatever it happens to be. Um, I, I agree with what you said, actually, in terms of, I think, Latifi, because of the amount of time he spent in Formula 2, he actually entered Formula 1 fairly close to what his peak is anyway. Whereas Russell... I still think there is more to come from him and he's already at a pretty good level. So, um, yeah, this this could be a 1-0, could be a 2 you know, it could easily be a scoreline like that. I'll, I'll go with George Russell. I, I've got more confidence in him being in that spot. I mean, Robert Kubica will beat them both, though. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I mean, I mean, we're going to be wrong on nearly all of these, of course. I mean, you know... Alonso's going to realise that the Alpine isn't very good and he's going to go after three races and he's going to be replaced by Kimi Raikkonen and then the Alfa Romeo prediction goes completely out of whack and, you know, Sorokin Because Robert Kubica replaces him. Yeah. Oh, no, no, no. Kubica's in the Mercedes when Hamilton retires mid-season because he doesn't want an eighth title. And then it becomes a Giga Mercedes. <laughs> Giga Mercedes. That's what's happening in 2022, uh, 2021, sorry. So, oh, these videos descend into madness when they get this long. I mean, descend into madness is, is quite nice. That implies that it wasn't madness at the beginning. That's very true. So, it's been pretty hectic from day one. So essentially what we're saying here is I need Norris to beat Ricardo, Sam needs Giovinazzi to beat Raikkonen, and Harry needs for neither of those things to happen. <laughs> and that will, be, that will determine the winner. I love that. There wasn't one moment where Harry disagreed with both me and Ben. Well, that's going to be really interesting because, well, Harry's going to be wrong, but we're, we're going to be wrong with him. So who's going to win? Oh, no one. <laughs> Can Harry technically win this? Because well, he hasn't I mean, disagreed. technically he's been able to win every year, but he hasn't. <laughs> <laughs> Just like Nicholas Latifi. I'm kidding. This is this is Harry's year. This is how, we we've deviated from the norm here, Sam. So I, I think Harry's got the consensus pick. Great, I love it. Can't wait for Harry to lose. We're getting that right somehow. Yep, you'll you'll have to tune into our video that we that we will do in December when the season uh, comes to a close. We'll review the results and and see who wins Teammate Wars Five. Until then, Sam, if you wouldn't mind getting us out of here if you stuck around for 57 minutes and 30 seconds then i you know i you deserve something and thank you maybe you should be on the show as our fourth member because you must be our best mate that we don't know yet um let us know your predictions get in the comments go over to twitter talk to us uh give us all your you know one to ten who's gonna be your winning driver we want to hear it do you agree with us are we completely wrong probably um please stick around for the whole year come on we're going to do the winners at the end of the year as well in December. Uh, there's also constructions coming up and Pit by F1, where we look at the, the F1 liveries coming up very soon as well. And of course, much more Formula 1 content. In the meantime, I've been Sam Sage. I've been Ben Hocking. I've been out of sync. <laughs> and remember, keep breaking late. Bye! Podcast Network.